Aloha and welcome to Connection to the Cosmos with your host, me, Dr. Lisa Thompson, where I have out of this world conversations with extraordinary people. And today I have Ruth Kemp on and I'm going to bring her on in just a moment, but first a couple of announcements. So if you have not had the opportunity yet to grab my free 20 minute meditative journey to meet your galactic family and guides, make sure you do that. It's on my website right at the top, mysticmanta.com or drlisajthompson.com. And if you are visiting Hawaii, specifically the Big Island, come see me on one of my Big Island UFO tours where you'll get to see the night sky in a whole new way using my advanced generation three military night vision goggles. And we see stuff all the time, seriously. So without further ado, I'm going to bring Ruth on. Hi, Ruth. Hi, Lisa. How are you? I'm good. So let me share with the audience um, your background, your bio, and then we'll just jump right into the conversation. Sounds so nice. as a conscious explorer of the depth of our human experience, Ruth Kemp has studied the spiritual experience through multiple healing modal modalities and her own lived experience. Now she works as a spiritual mentor and ascension guide to support others in navigating their own journey of expansion. In this work, we transform the relationship with self and create a new experience of life based on conscious choice and emotional empowerment. Working with conscious inquiry and potent modes of healing, she helps clients to release outdated and limiting unconscious patterns to inspire more ease, joy, and inner freedom in the lived experience. Beautiful. Well, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. And before we get into the work that you do, I would love for you to share with me in the audience kind of your background. What kind of household did you grow up in? Spiritual, religious, something else so that we can see this transition into the work? Yeah, amazing. Thanks, Lisa. So um, I grew up actually in a Christian household. So my mom was quite de devoted to her Christian faith. Okay. Um, and my dad sort of was curiously interested, you know, he was interested, but but a little bit removed from that. And so, you know, as somebody who I was going to Sunday school, I had this, um, I suppose, this understanding of God. And, you know, at a certain point during my teen years, things stopped kind of connecting for me. And it was as, it was as though this idea of God that I'd been brought up with couldn't couldn't possibly exist in in the version of life that I was actually finding playing out for me. So I have always been intensely curious. Okay. And you know, this is why I, I say in the bio, you know, from an, an exploration of the human experience. Mm -hmm. And so for me, as I grew into a teen and I started becoming more curious about the world and all the experiences that you could have. Mm -hmm. And you know, not all of these were biblical, so to speak. And so that really created a fairly fairly big split between what I perceived as God and myself and um, and so I went went about my I suppose you know the mission that I was on quite mm -hmm. unconsciously at that point um, I had read a little bit of spiritual literature which really piqued an interest in me in the concept of ascension and our metaphysical experiences. But so I went through probably the next 20 years or so exploring what I would call the darker side okay. of our human experience. 
And, you know, even through the the less pleasant experiences, I always had this curiosity, this this kind of observation Mm -hmm. um, mindset where I would see how I was experiencing certain things. And then in about 2013, so during this time I was working in corporate, but I had kind of this double life happening. And in 2013 it reached a point where it, you know, I'd I'd always suppressed my intuition, you know, Mm -hmm. deep connection that I had to something more, um, thinking, you know, I'm not worthy, I'm, you know, who am I to know these things? It's not corresponding with what I'm I'm being told by other people. And so I was always suppressed and, and it got to the point where I couldn't ignore it anymore. And that's when things started unravelling. And in 2013, I was kind of intuitively guided into doing Reiki, which got me into into meditation and through another energy modality that really switched on what I call our human antenna. And it was during that period where, A, I stopped being able to ignore um, the significance of this higher guidance and this intuitive calling to be a little bit more than just you know, get up, work, eat, sleep, repeat, that kind of um, dynamic that so many people are living in. And, you know, it was shortly after being switched on to this energy that I also tuned into my own soul frequency, so this this high, high vibrational um, solar consciousness, which I anchor and channel um, for work for the human collective. Mm. And so going from having suddenly have had this this incredible spiritual awakening and this human experience i didn't really know what to do with it and so for the last 10 years i've been studying learning growing to kind of bring a more grounded and um and structured approach to the multidimensionality to the to this sort of consciousness that that i'd started experiencing and to bring it into terms that uh, usable in our in our day to day world in a way that you know I can support people going through what they're going through so that we can all kind of go on this great journey into consciousness together. Okay, wow. <laughs> so, um, I guess tell me tell me more about what that looked like for you when you started delving into consciousness and and the realization like of who you really were. Yeah, well, it was it was quite mind blowing. It was actually very disruptive. So at the time, I left my job. I took two years out of work just to try and integrate these energies. Mm-hmm. And I started, you know, I had a, a, a big blow open of consciousness. Um, it could be likened to the Kundalini when when you're not prepared for the Kundalini experience. And um, you know, I was tuning into different dimensions and different. Uh, the consciousness of different beings, I became really aware that we're not alone in the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, while I'd, I'd been prepared for that through being exposed to different documentaries, different material, nothing really prepares you for the experience of that. And so I had to go through my own process of, you know, first opening up to this awareness and, and then going, what the heck is going on here mm-hmm. to you know, starting to seek out all things, things were brought to me so that I could actually understand, you know, there were some Buddhist sutras that were really helpful in terms of understanding the the consciousness and, and you know, where the human consciousness can exist in the various realms and dimensions. But there was also a lot of darkness 
And what I've realized since then, at the time when you're in it, you don't really know what to do. And it's really this battle. And so I was working in astral realms and, um, you know, so I was fighting back against what I was experiencing coming towards me, you know. Okay. Mm. So what kinds of things were, were coming towards you? If you be a little more descriptive, <laughs> if it's possible. Yeah, absolutely. It is, It is. Um. you know, one of the big issues that I had was trying to relay this in, in, in words, you know. Okay. Yeah. And so I was going, I was tuning into Akashic experiences. So I was tuning into different timelines I'd drop into a meditation and I'd be taken to you know what were some extremely unpleasant experiences and sometimes it was me on the receiving end and sometimes it was me actually doing those things Mm -hmm. and from an energetic and consciousness perspective I was able to participate to the extent that it was a little bit of a, a karmic clearing Mm-hmm. So perhaps putting things right in the energetic timelines. And, um, you know, there were also experiences of certain individuals would come into my space and there would be this multidimensional experience of perhaps their intention or, um, you know, the energy and the, and the and the intention that they kind of held either in this lifetime or in different parallel lifetimes which I, I tend to refer to parallel rather than past I do too thank you <laughs> yeah yeah and so so you know a big part of the process was you know there was this element of karmic clearing which I had to go through in order to be able to hold more light mm-hmm. it was a deeply healing process and you know while you're in it and you're fighting it at the time you just you, you feel a bit lost and and you're just trying to survive yeah and so, but as you move through it, as you do the healing work and this this density, you know, everything I experienced was based on the density that was held either in my ancestral memories, um, you know, in my light body, my soul memories. Mm-hmm. So as you clear that, your experience of the way you're engaging with people and the way different um, different parallel experiences are occurring you find yourself much more able to reflect a positive experience rather than that pain-based story. Beautiful. And we need a lot more of that now, right? Absolutely. And and one of the things at the start of the debacle of the last three years, um, I just got this deep sense of this is what I'm here for. This is the time. We mm-hmm. are living in the time, aren't we? Yeah, we are. So I just got major chills on that one. So um, that, so over the last 10 years, then have, you mentioned multiple modalities, mm. healing modalities. So what are some of the different ones that you've explored or that you actually even practice? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when this awakening started happening and I started receiving the, the attunements to the, the sun frequency, I was a person who was so deeply rooted in a lack of self-worth that I needed to go about and validate my experiences. So I did Reiki, light dynamics, and this this energy that I was channeling. Mm -hmm. But I felt like it wasn't good enough or, you know, how would people receive it? And so I learned kinesiology, which I think in the States is a different 
thing. So I learned energetic kinesiology. Okay, so tell tell me what that is from your perspective. So it's a beautiful it's a beautiful um, modality, and I found it a really grounded framework. It gives us a structure for using muscle testing mm-hmm. to okay. essentially use our body as a as an indicator to give us mus- um, to give us responses mm-hmm. as to where our energetic systems are out of balance. So it's great for clearing old emotional beliefs. You can regress, you can do timeline therapy or ancestral um, clearing sort of miasmic um, patterns and things like that. And, you know, I loved it. So as soon as I, I had my first session, I was lying on the table and I thought this is something I need to I need to learn because I thought that having access to muscle testing, which tunes into our subconscious mind yeah. and can give us answers from beneath the surface, um, I thought that was something I really needed. So kinesiology was great. It also taught about teaches about the meridian system, which is associated with um, traditional Chinese medicine mm-hmm. um, and emotional imbalance. So it's as far as energetics go, I find it quite a physical practice. Mm-hmm. And so I did kinesiology for a little bit, but then it stopped feeling quite right um, okay. in terms of my my soul work. Yeah, And so I've done medical intuition, which is um, working with body consciousness again, but more of an intuitive process. And you kind of learn to learn to allow the client to communicate what's going on beneath the surface without needing to muscle test. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've also worked with things like liquid crystal therapies, which is an ancient, uh, yeah, that's an ancient Atlantean technology working with liquid light or uh, geometric technology. So rather than, um, you know, a crystal, um, a crystal essence, it's working with a geometric um, code brought together from the crystalline grids of the earth. Um, Yeah. So it's, and that, that's a beautiful, the wisdom of that modality was really supportive as well in developing a context for this sense of soul identity and Mm -hmm. where we sit in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so liquid crystal that was actually developed by a guy in Australia. Um, so what else is there? And you know, meditation. Actually, I should speak to me of meditation because that that's pretty much the first. And um, you know, I'll, I'll joke that it saved my life when <laughs> I was going through all of this stuff. I would sit for hours in meditation, and it was the way that I would receive light as a sense of, and it was it was still fear-based because it was in the sense that I felt like I needed protection from what was going on around me. Okay. Um, but as as we grow through that and as, as I kind of deepened in the understanding and the study of meditation, uh, I find it such a profound and accessible tool for cultivating a connection to our inner world Mm-hmm. while also healing and balancing our physical body. So, yeah, that's probably one of my favourite, um, my favourite, I suppose, modalities to teach okay. and to share with people. Yeah. So, okay, so just a question about the meditation because, mm-hmm. you know, there are so many different ways to meditate. And so for you, you know, some people listening to you, might think, oh my gosh, do I have to sit hours through meditation each day? I don't have time for that. What would you say to that? Absolutely not. 
<laughs> and that is one of my my the biggest illusions that I I, I seek to to disrupt for people mm-hmm. is that meditate they can't meditate. Um, you know that meditation has to be sitting chanting om for hours every day. Absolutely not. Meditation can occur in five simple minutes. Meditation can be simply a matter of tuning into your breath and allowing yourself to feel the presence of your body, you know, and to connect with the moment-to-moment experience. And, you know, when it comes to the, med- the like you mentioned, there are a lot of different ways we can meditate. Mm-hmm. And the one of the simplest ones is this, this mindfulness practice where we just tune in to what we're experiencing, perhaps the feeling of the surface beneath us and maybe breathing for, you know, even five minutes. I did a meditation for a client the other day because she didn't have time and I think it was about four minutes and it was just something that would center her and to bring her back. So, you know, and I find that really an antidote to the anxiety that so many people are experiencing. And so if I can just, you know, share that my journey and my story you know it's it's been really out there in some ways but what i understand is that the the vast majority of our population aren't you know on on some level they may be experiencing that but they're not necessarily conscious of that and Mm -hmm. so we need tools which are approachable for people who need to just gently come into this process of of shifting consciousness and, and I find meditation a beautiful, accessible way of doing that. Yeah, yeah beautiful. So with all doing all of these modalities and learning them, um, what has been the major shift for you in your personal life? And then we'll talk about how you work with your clients. Mm. Yeah, it's that's an amazing question. So I think that once you start to do this work, um, so... You know, leading up to 2013, one of the things that got me into Reiki was this deep sense of inadequacy. You know, I had I had a successful career, more well, a so-called successful career, but it actually meant nothing to me. It was so far out of alignment with my own truth, with my soul calling, but I'd never been taught there was an alternative. And so I think that, you know, what a lot of people are coming to now are, mm-hmm. uh, a realignment, you know, with with what is real for us. And so, since that time in 2013, um, you know, I've I've deepened into this relationship with self, and a lot of that has just involved doing the inner healing, so that I can be what I came here to bring for the world. Because it's you know the thought of actually being you know for so many women, and myself in particular. The idea of being seen or heard, you know, in as an authority in your field, yeah. is 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 it's it's not perhaps not scary on a cognitive level, but there's something deeply embodied within us which uh, can trigger things like anxiety, that that trauma response. You know, I would literally freeze in front of you know even just sharing in a small group, and so to really find the voice and. Mm-hmm going through learning all of these modalities, they're ways that um, they've allowed me to develop a greater understanding of the human experience and given it context, 
know, context is such a key word when we're talking about metaphysical and, um, you know, spiritual experiences, to bring that into a context that can actually impact our lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so since that time, you know, I've been, in, you know, on and off with, with the corporate work. I finally left that last year. And it's been a, a pathway to find that level of fulfilment and to find that level of purpose and connection. Like there's no greater joy than to see the look of, of light come on in someone's eyes, you know, as I'm sure you know. Yeah. So what is your soul's purpose? What did you determine after all of this that you're here to bring to the world? Mm. Well, it's <laughs> funny, isn't it? So we tend to think of the soul purpose as being this huge, um, you know, detailed or specific plan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on the one side, yeah, I'm, I'm here to anchor light. I'm here as a source, as an anchor for this solar initiation, this sun consciousness, and to to support others in realising that. So that's what this vessel has always been for and I didn't realise that until, you know, um, you know, that's something that's always been with me. But my purpose is to, to, you know, support other people in finding that, to help switch the light on mm-hmm. and, you know, in terms of a global perspective is to contribute that frequency to our collective consciousness because as more lights come on in terms of you know our awakening and our healing process you know you can awaken or you can you can have a, an expanded consciousness without accessing the light in that and so it's doing it's that two-pronged approach and you know so my passion and my love is is to simply support and uplift people and whether that's through speaking to groups or, or workshops or simply working with the one-on-one clients um, like I said, it's just switching those lights on for people. Yeah. Um, how beautiful. And so when you're working with what kind of people come to you? Who Who is like your ideal avatar? <laughs> okay, amazing. Yeah, so I work mostly with women. Um, and I feel that's, you know, largely because I, you know, it's, I know that journey and I yeah. know that pathway. And it's where I can hold space profoundly for, for people. And so women who are have who are beginning to realise that there's more to their experience than, you know, than the career, mm. you know, than even the family. It, it's, we are expected to do all things in this world, but we've been taught to do that at the expense of our sense of self. Yes. And so it's a it's a process of empowerment and reconnecting. So I often refer to myself as a bridge. So mm. I help, you know, I, you know, every individual has their innate gifts within them. And I help to bridge the space between the limitation and the suffering and the potential pain that may be, may be happening in life. Mm-hmm helping to identify the the patterns that have been formed um, with energy work we can clear those with with different um, different um, approaches or modalities and then to also come in to embody more of their higher self more of their soul light and this is actually quite a smooth process 
Um, so it sounded like I had a pretty bumpy process, which I did. But you know, my aim is to really hold people and to love them and to nurture, you know, to provide permission for people, for women to feel their bodies again and to feel their emotions again, find a safe place to feel their emotions and to learn and to educate people as to how to move through those safely so that they don't continue to accumulate in the body and then form these chronic or chronic illnesses that are so rife, you know, everywhere today we're seeing. And so when someone comes to you, then typically like how long does it take for them to go through this process or is everyone different? Everyone's different. Um, so, you know, I really, it wasn't until COVID hit that I, I stopped doing work in person. So I do everything online now. Okay. Yeah. Um, some people might want to come for support through a particular scenario in life. Maybe there's something in particular which they're struggling with at that time. Mm -hmm. um, and inevitably that's part of a deeper a deeper concern. So, you know, I usually start with a three-month or a six-month package with people mm -hmm. and depending on how deeply they want to take it or how much support they they feel like they need going forward, then we can extend that accordingly. But, you know, for, you know, three months should be okay to move through a particular issue. Mm -hmm. But because we are in huge times of transformation and we are working with consciousness, you know, mm -hmm. not just our lived experience, you know, often we'll, we'll continue to work together simply simply as a space holder and, you know, to nurture their, their transformation. You know, like I've, I've been doing this work for 10 years. I've had a number of different mentors. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'll hold space for as long as a, as a person needs. Okay. So... What kinds of shifts have you seen your clients make? So one of the main the main benefit is is anxiety and um, you know being able to face life. I suppose you'd say um, self love, being able to create um, loving, honoring boundaries mm -hmm. where. You know, they don't need to feel guilty or anxious or obliged when it comes to people. We know as women, we, we're all people pleasers because that's, you know, we're people pleasers who need to do everything for ourselves. You know? mm -hmm. And so, um, so there's that element in terms of how we're experiencing life. There's also just the sense of wholeness um, and connection. And so being able to listen to intuitive guidance and to, um, you know, to simply connect with themselves and have that be okay, mm -hmm. you know, learning practices to self-support and, um, and, you know, seeing people start to meditate and have breakthroughs in their own awareness, you know, just it's, it's, it's teaching people to become their own healer and to become their own authority. That is so important because, I mean, you know and I know the body has an amazing ability to heal itself and mm. and we have all the answers inside of us. And yeah. so, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, in fact, one of the one of the 
more physical breakthroughs was I we have a lot of fibromyalgia over in Australia. Um, Interesting. Yeah, a lot. A lot of people having this nerve pain and quite chronic. And and one woman I worked with, um, she hadn't been able to walk properly for three for six years, couldn't take care of her kids. And we did three, this was actually back in kinesiology days, but we did three energetic kinesiology sessions. And the last I heard from her, she was off her medication, she'd moved out, she was taking care of her kids and she was back at work. Wow. And so that's the kind of impact that just breaking through these emotional patterns, these fixed emotional energetic patterns can have for the way life is lived. Yeah. Well, so, okay. So that brings up an interesting question. What is going on in Australia where people are, what, what's the emotions behind fibromyalgia? Well, that's actually really interesting. And everybody will have a different pathway to okay. get there, but um, there's a great book called Metaphysic, uh, The Metaphysical Anatomy, and that that offers some suggestion. Um, a large, uh, often it can be around feeling trapped in your body and not wanting to be here. So it's kind of like where an aspect of you really wants to be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of breaks away, but then we're still trapped in the body, but we're in denial of that. And so we're trying to separate ourselves from this human experience and so you, you'll have this debilitating debilitating pain where you're unable to engage with life because life is just too painful. And so there's this part of us which is dissociated. Um, in, in this instance, there was a, a point of grief that had occurred at the onset or, you know, of, the, of the condition. Mm-hmm. And the, the pain of being in the world was so great that the body was then reflecting that pain. Okay. And... Yeah, yeah. So, so that's one of the one of the approaches is that sense of feeling trapped in our bodies. Okay, which, I mean, that makes sense because you know I do. That's one thing I've always been interested in in understanding what are the emotional root causes, you know, of different illnesses that people create. Because in mm. my own family lineage, you know, we there's this whole um, heart thing. I mean, there's like there's a lot of illness that is just through the whole ancestral line that I've been working on clearing right for years and um so I believe everything has shifted I have been told I have energetically cleared that so we'll see (laughs) yeah that's that's fantastic and I love that that you're doing that and that also speaks a lot to epigenetics doesn't it and the fact that our genes aren't necessarily determining our our experience yeah, well, and I'm a um, huge fan of Dr. Bruce Lipton. I've been following mm. him since the late 90s. And, you know, as a former biologist, when I was teaching my students, um, you know, biology, and I, I snuck in some of his work. And this is back in, you know, like 2000, 2001. And they're like, well, this isn't in our textbook. And I'm like, yeah, but in 25 years, it probably will be. And it's going to, you know... It's legit science. That's fantastic. And that's what we need. We need more people, you know, who are in those fields who are willing to adopt, you know, the new science and the new wisdom behind it. Yeah. Well, and I feel, I mean, I've I've been out of academia for 20, 20 plus years now. And so because it just it was too confined and I didn't fit in the box very well. So Mm. Now, now people are, you know, a lot more open-minded 
Mm, Even the consciousness side of things, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's breaking through and it's it's slowly breaking through. I think there's still a lot which is denying of that, of we've seen in the last few years. Um, you know, people kind of not willing to give up their previously held fixed beliefs. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, so when when you're saying that you're an ascension guide tell us tell us more what you mean by that yeah amazing so ascension to me is basically the process of healing and so we have we you know consciousness and healing and ascension are all kind of uh, related dynamics so ascension is I suppose, put simply, our ability to live through heart and our ability to experience um, a more connected state of reality, you know, where our state of consciousness is not just expanded to experience more than just our physical three-dimensional senses, but it's expanded to experience... um, you know, the more subtle realms. And as I know that you do work with um, extraterrestrials and cosmic consciousness and things like that. So, um, so that, and I think that's, that's, that's part of it. So that's part of moving through that, the layers of consciousness. Yeah. But my personal work, because I don't connect so strongly in, on, in that intuitive level is in, as a guide for people to move through their own density and it's the density because everything's frequency as we know and yeah. so it's it's our ability to let go of the density or cleanse our light bodies from the the patches of density and which are pain suffering the stories our self-righteousness all of these um these limiting false beliefs that we have mm-hmm. so as an ascension guide i help people to clear these blocks and clear these patterns to start to experience a lighter version of themselves. And it's lovely because, you know, it it is such a gentle process. You know, it's not like smashing someone with lightning, like I kind of went through it. It's actually um, allowing people to come to it in, in a state of comfort and ease where they can feel sort of held and supported mm-hmm. and, it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of confusion at this point in time. It's like the old ways aren't working. Everything that we used to do and we used to know is suddenly feeling, you know, really restrictive or really unsafe even, to, to use that term. But people don't know what else there is. Mm-hmm. And so the, the process of ascension, you know, we've got cosmic energy supporting us but who's supporting people on the ground. And so that's the, the process that I, I take people through is their own um, their self-paced self-discovery really. Mm-hmm. Discover the part of them that is more. Yeah. Well, and I think that um, for people listening or watching, hearing that it can be a gentle process makes it um, easier to maybe want to go to someone like you um, because some of us that have been through the ringer in our lives, it, we did it the harder way. Mm. And, it, and so and so we paved the way a little bit to make it smoother, right? 
for other people. Absolutely. And and it has been, you know, because if you go through this sort of process and it's, you know, largely unguided and we have to figure out what the heck's going on. Yeah. And that is the purpose, you know, in being perhaps a front runner or a forerunner, you know, is to then bring that back so that other people, because it's a courageous and I really want to acknowledge people's courage. Anybody who steps into this work mm-hmm. um, as a conscious choice, there's an immense amount of courage and surrender that's involved in that. But, um, you know, to know that, you you know, you can be guided and supported through that, um, the more consciously you choose to embrace it, the smoother the journey will actually become. Whereas if we sit in denial and we sit there trying to pretend and grip onto our old world and our old ways, it will eventually become, you know, it, it tightens, that kind of noose tightens around you and it becomes less and less comfortable. So I do encourage, you know, anybody who's thinking about it, to, there are so many sources of support out there to, to assist this process that we're all going through at the moment collectively. Yeah. So being that you're in Australia, I'm just curious what the the state of consciousness is in your country with all of this. Well, that's a really good question. <laughs> and I suppose to it, it depends. You know, I I see so clearly that our experience of life is directly related to the level of consciousness at which we're we're inhabiting. You know, and so throughout the last, so I in Victoria, where I live in in Melbourne, we mm-hmm. had the longest, strictest, um, most draconian sense of lockdown anywhere in the world. Okay. So, and I really felt that consciousness. You know, the suppression and the heaviness mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I can go into to reading into that different things. Um, in, but then in different parts of Australia, so in Northern Australia and Queensland, you know, it, there's a much lighter energy and a lot of people actually migrated from down south up north during it because it was such such a heavy experience. So, you know, I tend to not engage so much with the density, dense side of things. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. compassionate towards the fear but I'm also a very, very clear space holder for people's potential instead. And as part of the energy work, the inner work that, that we do, it means that we can hold that space and transmit that that um, that sense of potentiality without needing to force it on people. So we're still in quite a heavy, you know, in, in Victoria, it's, it's very, you know, we can go into the government and things like that. When it's not optimal, but yeah. I'm holding a really solid vision for what's possible. Things like, although actually in terms of comparing to America, you know, mm-hmm. things like our food supply, mm-hmm. it's a lot better. You know, it's not as tampered with as you'll find over in the States, things that I hear about over there. Um, but in, in, you know, I'm also very much noticing a, a kind of a divergence of, of consciousness. So... You know, like I said, I left my old job mid last year and yeah. I'm noticing the energetic space, the realms that we inhabit, you know, it was all on good terms, but the realms that we inhabit, we just, there's less crossover, you know, 
I'm noticing certain people are falling out of my life and mm-hmm. and that's not a good or bad thing. It's simply that, as you know, with the veils thinning at this time and with all the astrological movement, people are really, um, people's choices are having a much more profound impact on, you know, people's choice on where they want to resonate. Mm-hmm. It's it's much less of a mishmash soup. We're noticing perhaps there's a more of a divergence in terms of right. If you want to remain attached to your old ways, mm-hmm. then you can do so, and come speak to me if you'd like to. <laughs> to not, yeah. um, but in but uh, you know, the time for trying to force anything on anyone is over. You know, people have to make their own free will choices and. You know, droplets of inspiration may come through and and curiosity might start to peak and and we'll have we'll see people you know this wave of consciousness being brought through to I suppose slightly more aware states of being but it's it's quite quite split at the moment yeah well, is that I, how you're kind of feeling things as well yeah I mean I, I where I live in Hawaii though I I feel like I'm in this little happy bubble <laughs> in the world. I feel safer here on an island, the most remote place in the world, this volcanic rock, <laughs> than, mm. than I do back on the mainland. And I, so it's interesting because I myself have pulled myself out of being part of the polarity and I'm more of the observer of it. And I, I'm following what my Arcturians are telling me, which is do not judge, come from Mm. that place of love, create your own joy, follow your own passion. And when, for me, like when I am actively in those states, everything else, everything in my world is beautiful, right? And so we get to create our own reality and our own timeline experience of what is going on. Mm. Absolutely. I, I agree 100%. And so what you said about I, I feel like I'm in my own little bubble mm-hmm. as well because I choose steadfastly where I, I, I want to resonate. Um, but, uh, you know, in the same sense, there is a lot of a lot of chaos around which, you know, I'm, I'm a beacon for peace. And so while I I think that's one of the things in, in building through the spiritual path, through their self-healing, is to be able to sit amongst the chaos mm-hmm. whilst experiencing that peace and experiencing that that um, that non-judgment. I, I refer to non-judgmental curiosity a lot in terms of what's necessary for people to be able to evolve and and you know go through this ascension process. Because when we judge, we simply focus on the separation and what's wrong. Instead of being able to cure curiosity, we can play, we can learn, we can grow without needing to make anything wrong. I love that. And I I have always been extremely curious throughout Mm. my whole life. And we're always curious. (laughs) So and open minded, learning new things, exploring, right? So um, in our la- last little bit of time here, what would you love to share? What words of wisdom do you have? Yeah. Okay. So I suppose 
for anyone watching this, anyone who's going through difficulty, I want them to know that it's okay. Mm. And, you know, I love the phrase that this too shall pass. Mm. Um, I'd invite people to really, you know, through meditation, meditation is such a potent key to moving through this process. We're not alone. We are all doing this together. And, you know, reach out, you know, reach out. There is support. You know, you don't exist in isolation. You exist as part of this brilliant whole. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even though, you know, in, in, back to this idea of judgment, I've, I've kind of eradicated the terms good and bad from my vocabulary. Now I prefer to say this is simply unpleasant. You know, I would prefer not to be experiencing this or so there are pleasant or unpleasant experiences. It doesn't, nothing's inherently good or bad. So, you know, to people who are finding themselves confronted or, or uncertain about where they're going, you know, tune in to your centre, um, tune into the knowing of the heart mm. and, you know, allow yourself to practice this art of non-attachment knowing that you know we live in a matrix you know it's a very persistent matrix so <laughs> so that that sense of reality you know we are living this life but it's also a quantum reality and so you know yeah, ev yeah everything has its purpose and where you are is perfectly fine beautiful <laughs> I love that well, so how can people find you? Share your website, what socials you're on? Sure. So I'm on Instagram and my website is www.ruthkemp.co. Um, and so on there, if I've got a couple of free offerings there. There's a, a masterclass which you can download for free. Um, I did that on empowered emotions. And so it's just three keys, like three really simple steps but that are really potent in taking back your emotional power, you know, instead of getting blown around by fear-based and disempowered thinking. Um, so there's that. There's also meditation. And there's also, I've also done a five-week course, which is actually a paid product, but it it's a beautiful, um, you know, whether you're an experienced spiritual practitioner or whether you're somebody who's been, you know, on this expanded consciousness. It's a really beautiful grounded process for getting into a practice of self-knowing and you know, bringing, bringing you back to heart, but also understanding how our mind and emotions impact our physical body and how we can learn to create more in the world. So, so ruthkemp.co in short. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on and I appreciate all of the work that you are doing and we need more of us out there. So yeah, people go through your awakening and help be the light. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Lisa. It's been beautiful to be able to share. Um, so thank you for, thanks for such a wonderful conversation. Yeah, one for those watching or listening, thank you for being here as always. And I'll see you next time on Connection to the Cosmos. Aloha.